0: Good morning. How are you? Hopefully, you're having a good morning so far. Hey, I wanted to just say something. You know, God is with us. And as long as your heart is in the right place, as long as you are really seeking the Lord, pressing in in your own faith walk, in your own faith journey, and just don't listen to the haters. There's so many people out there that are haters. There's so many people out there that are negative Nellies and and heresy hunters. And you know, it's like, it's like that scripture that says, uh, you know, don't look at the speck in someone else's eye when you got a plank in your own. You ever seen that scripture? Well, there's a lot of uh, people looking for, looking for specks right now. And while they're doing that, while they're looking for the speck in your eye, in my eye, sitting on the sideline, you know, it's like they're drinking Haterade you know, while they're doing that, the enemy is continuing to advance while they're doing that, you know, and they're hating their jealousy. And I'm not talking about one person because somebody will say like, oh, you're talking about this one or that one. No, 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 no. I've been saying the same things for like 20 years. <laughs> so if you, if you think I'm talking about you, I'm actually not. Okay. Um, I'm talking about what I've seen in Christian culture and the Christian community pretty much ever since I've been a Christian. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you a little story. You know, when I was younger, I worked at the King's College and Seminary. This is after I got stabbed, and then I, I, you know, went to Bible college. I was working with the youth at the Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California, and uh, some great people that I was working with. I still keep in touch with. This is the coolest thing about ministry. I still keep in touch with some of those people that were youth way back then. This is like 20 years ago. Now they got kids and families and you know, some of them are in the ministry also and doing the things, you know, God has put in their life to do. And, and it's awesome. And that's what, that's one of the greatest things about ministries. You know, there's people that you just, you, you, you're with them for life. You do life together, you know, but I was over there at the King's college and seminary in Van Nuys, California. This before I, you know, we had the church, you know, this was just like when I was just starting in ministry and pastor Jack Hayford used to do this thing called the school of pastoral nurture. And so I was working at the School of Pastoral Nurture. I was really just doing it to kind of get by in college, you know. And um, pastors would fly in from all around the country, and I would lead worship there. It was really cool. And I would get to hear the teaching of Dr. Hayford and meet with all these pastors, prominent pastors, many of them, and uh, and just see the struggles and the things that they were dealing with. But, you know, one of the things that I saw that Dr. Hayford was dealing with at the time, and he had a, a large church, you know, it was the church on the way. Uh, at that time, I think they had about 10,000 members and, and one of the things that I noticed that was really like disturbing to me was that other Christians would attack, you know, I remember like other Christians would be attacking, you know, Dr. Hayford and, you know, my mom, who was also a very powerful woman of God, she'd, she'd get friendly fire and, you know, and I would just sit and I'd say, why are these Christians attacking each other? Now, I get it. Like the Bible says, call out, you know, if there's false doctrine. But there's also like a, you know, a whole a whole method that you're supposed to go by. You know, you're supposed to meet with the person, then meet with the elders. You know, a lot of times these people just go right to the jugular and they try to... And by the way, Pastor Jack was not teaching false doctrine. In fact, he was one of the best teachers out there. You know, very, very, very doctrinally sound. And my mom, the same thing. And just about everybody else that, you know... Uh, was what it was in in the in the scene at that time that we were that we were hanging out with. I mean these people were not in any way trying to you know be divisive or anything like that and you know what they were teaching was doctrinally sound, uh, but people would attack. and I see it today and I see it today probably more than ever before, where these friendly fire people, it's like they're just obsessed with other Christians, you know, and they're sitting here and it's like, you know, I get it. Like, I'm not saying that, like, we shouldn't call out certain things, but like, really, when, when we're being, we're in this situation right now where there, there's like a communist takeover that's attempting to take over not only the United States, but the world, it's a com- it's a demonic assault. And we better understand that the real enemy is Christianity. The real enemy is biblical, doctrinally sound Christianity. They're going to come after Christians. They're going to come after pastors. They're already doing it, and and the enemy is having a field day. And meanwhile, these heresy hunter people in the Christian world, they're sitting here focusing on like what some Christian pastor did instead of what the communist Marxists who are trying to destroy our country are doing. You know these people that are trying to teach our kids, uh, you know, borderline pornography in the curriculum. Uh, What about the rap music, you know, that's out there that just, you know, explicit sexual music and, you know, all the stuff that the young people are listening to for years now. And it's, you know, no one says anything about that. No one's even mentioning that, you know, calling women all kinds of degrading names and talking about all kinds of violence, the violent video games, the violent movies, you know, the, the, all the political correctness, you know, all the, all the stuff that they're pushing on us and forcing down our throats and they're attacking the family unit and they're attacking, uh, you know, marriage, but, but for some reason, you know, I mean, abortion, you know, you got, you got the murder of the innocent and the tunes of hundreds of thousands of babies each year annually here in the United States. I mean, maybe more than that, you know, there's more African-American babies killed in Manhattan than that are born each year because of abortion. And yet, and yet people are not zeroing in on these demonic things. But instead they're looking for like the speck in some Christian's eye. And I think it's a it's a combination of jealousy and envy and and also the enemy's using these people to sow division. You know? And it's just like, look, you know what? Do what you're called to do. Like don't focus on what other believers are doing. My goodness, don't shoot another soldier in the in the battle. Stop with the friendly fire. It's ridiculous. And I'm not like people probably think I'm having like some kind of coded message, like somebody's attacking me. It's not even me, me this time. It, it's it's the constant barrage that I see in the Christian community of Christian on Christian, and pe- people are watching this from the world, and they're just like, what in the world's going on with the Christians? And some of these people would probably want to become Christian because they see all the craziness in the world, and they're seeking for truth and answers, and we have the answer. But then they look at the friendly fire and the infighting in the Christian world and they're like, well, never mind. And so we're causing people to stumble. And so we gotta stop it, stop it. You know, Jesus said, stop you brood of vipers. You know, I I don't often issue a rebuke, but I'm gonna be honest, like, stop it, you brood of vipers. I'm gonna take the words that the Lord said because this is insanity. Okay, it's gotta stop. The, the, The Lord is coming back for a church without spot, no wrinkle. Look, I understand maybe somebody doesn't like this person's doctrine or that person's doctrine or something this person said or that person said, but my, my challenge to you is, is that really what you should be concerned about right now? Okay, are you, are you really focusing on that speck when, when you got a plank in your own eye? Are you really focusing on that when we're at war and they're trying to take over our country and they're trying to take down our freedom and our religious liberty and our, our right to assemble and our right to speak freely? And yet, that's what you're worried about? Shame on you. Shame on you. I'm so sick and tired of it. Look, I didn't come from the world and get radically saved and have a Damascus Road encounter to be sitting here arguing with other Christians. Get the jealousy out of your heart. Get whatever it is, whatever unclean spirit that you're dealing with. And again, somebody's going to think I'm talking about them. This is to the entirety of the Christian community that sits and and, and are heresy hunters all day long. Okay? Okay? And I see it uh, on my friends, and I see it on all these other people. My goodness, stop. Just stop. Stop focusing on these people. My goodness, get a life. Okay? Instead of that, why don't you look at the enemy that's literally trying to take away your freedom right now. That's a clear and present danger that's at our doorstep. And if you don't think they're coming to your door, they're coming to your door. And now I understand what Dietrich Bonhoeffer had to deal with. You know what I'm saying? It's like every day we wake up and either me or one of my friends, you know, somebody that's standing is being pummeled by not only the fake news corporate media that's 90% owned by six corporations, but also the quote-unquote Christian media and the Christian world and Christian voices. What in the world? Do you not see what's happening? I mean, get some discernment, friend. I'm not here to attack you, but get some discernment while you're sitting here attacking Trump and Flynn and you know, all these other people so worried about all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, and let me just talk about Cornerstone Church because someone's mentioning this. Okay, first of all, this is the deal. Okay, I go in, I preach the truth. You can see what I say. Okay, I go in, I speak doctrinally sound Christianity, a Christian message, I stand for religious liberty and freedom and I'm fighting for our country. I go in, I pray for people, people get saved. I'm seeing it. There's fruit. The Bible says you know them by their fruit. We test the spirits, okay? When I was at Cornerstone, there was a line, God is my witness, okay? From about 12 to about four, I stood next to the booth and people kept coming up and we were praying for people. People were getting delivered. They were getting healed and they were getting saved. So my job... The mission that the Lord has put me on this earth is to preach the gospel of Jesus and the truth. Now, let me tell you something about the media in case you don't understand how they work because they're weaponized and they're demonic. They they are looking for one single thing, anything they can find. They're they're looking for blood in the water. They're like vipers, okay? And so you know what? When you get a bunch of people together and a bunch of people are saying a bunch of different things, at least they're trying to defend our country, okay? Okay. But there's always gonna be somebody that may not be a theologian, or may not know the word that well, or may be in the flesh, and maybe they say something that they shouldn't have said. Okay, and I get it, but you know, that's not me. I can't be responsible. You know, Francis Chan, I love Francis Chan. He had a church that was about three or four miles from my church out in, you know, my family and I's church out in in, in Chatsworth. And let me tell you something, okay? Uh, Francis is, I think he came from a Baptist background, okay? And, and oftentimes he's on the stage with people from Bethel and, you know, he went up to Kansas city and, you know, different things that he's done over the years. And I remember I asked him a question. I had an opportunity to ask him a question. I said, Francis, cause he was getting some heat about that. And he said, you know what, Todd, here's the deal. I go in, I preach the truth of the word of God and what God's put on my heart. And then I leave. He said, I don't know what the other people that are speaking. I don't even know them half the time. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But God opens a door, I pray about it. If the Lord says go, I go, and I speak the truth. And you know what, that resonated with me because you know what, I don't know what everybody on, you know, in a conference or, you know, all those people, I don't, you know, I don't sit there and look at all their backgrounds and everything, I don't have time. What I do is I ask the Holy Spirit, should I go? Is there gonna be fruit? And the Holy Spirit says go, and I say okay, and then I go, and then I speak the truth, the word of God, and listen, if I'm saying something that's not doctrinally sound or you have an issue and, you know, you want to talk to me about it or you want to talk to some of my mentors and elders and, you know, have that conversation, I'm a transparent, open man. Like, I'm absolutely open. And there are times when I may say something that might not be exactly 100% because I'm constantly speaking. So, you know, a lot of times I'm speaking off the cuff and I may misspeak. Or, but for the, the majority of the time, I think, I feel... I mean, a lot of people listen to the things I say and, you know, for the most part, no one's saying that I'm saying, you know, things that are not doctrinally sound. So, you know, I can only be responsible for what I say. Okay. I can't, I can't control what some other person is saying. I don't know what they're going to say, but here's the thing. I know that, you know, if God opens a door and he tells me to go speak somewhere and I go there and I'm able to share the truth of the word of God and, and people are getting saved and set free and healed and delivered and uh, isn't that what we're here to do, to, to go and to make disciples? I mean, there were times in the Bible when the prophets of Baal were speaking, and then, you know, one of the people of God spoke. And, and, and you know, the truth was put out there, you know? So there's a vacuum when we don't speak. There's a vacuum when the, when the church is just so paranoid about everything that we just say, well, I'm just going to stay home and twiddle my thumbs because, you know, if I go anywhere, then somebody's going to attack me. Well, you know, the minute I leave my house in the morning, I get attacked. They take these videos and chop them up and put them on social media. Pastor Todd, MAGA pastor, conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. You know, I I hit them up. I said, well, what's conspiracy? What's conspiracy that I personally am saying? You know what? They came back and told me that I talked about child sex trafficking. That was the conspiracy. Well, I've been down at the border and I spoke to the people of ICE and I spoke to the border patrol and I've toured the facility and, uh, I'll tell you, there's definitely child sex trafficking going on, just like there's definitely pedophilia in Hollywood, but they don't want those things spoke about. Those are no-nos, you know, you can't talk about that. And if you do, they try to demonize you. So, so I'm just, you know, the, the challenge is like, well, so what exactly am I saying that's not true? No, that's the, the, the thing that they're threatened by is that I'm speaking the truth. That's the truth. And they don't like people that speak the truth because, you know, we're going up against their, their fake news narrative and their false agenda and people are waking up in the droves and they're they're scared about it so that's the the true threat and they want to use their weaponized terms to try to make us like cower because we don't want to get attacked and so we just cower and then you got the other people in the christian community let me tell you something okay i'm just going to be real a lot of these people are are the people that would literally probably in a heartbeat, say yes to some of these speaking engagements because they're not getting them. Jealousy rises up in their heart and then they seek to attack people that are on the stage. How silly is that? Right. The other part of it is that, is there's just a cowardness where they just can't, you know, they're too afraid to say anything. They don't want to be demonized and attack themselves. So there's, there's two, you know, maybe a couple different things going on and, and they look and they say, oh wow, this guy, you know, he's getting attention or I don't even want attention. Like I tell my family, I just say, you think this is glamorous? This isn't glamorous, getting attacked every day. It's not glamorous, but I do it for the glory of the Lord, because if this is the calling that God's placed on my life, then I'm, I'm going to say, send me, I'll go. And I say, yes, but it's not, it's not glamorous. Anybody thinks it's glamorous, it's not glamorous. Okay. And it, and it, you know, I mean, I make the best of it and I, I have joy in my heart and I praise the Lord for salvations and many amazing things that are happening. But, you know, some people think like, oh my gosh, if I could just have the platform and the followers. Well, there's a lot that comes along with that. There's a lot that comes along. You know, people say, I just, you know, I hope that Pastor Todd, I hope you get a bigger platform. I hope, well, no, I don't even want that. Like if God wants that, that's great. Like it's pretty big right now. I'm, I'm good where we're at. Like to be quite honest with you, I get enough heat. But if God wants to expand the territory, that's on him because this is his ministry. I'm just here to serve. I don't, I don't aspire for that. See, I came from Hollywood. I was a child actor. I came from Hollywood. I already hung out with celebrities and people like that when I was younger. And I saw their life. And I was like, ah, no, I don't want that. Because I saw what they go through. See, that's a facade too. Most people think that's glamorous. No, that's a facade too. They got handlers and people controlling their life. And it's ridiculous. You know, they don't get to, I mean, some people, I mean, I guess they think they're enjoying it by the, the money that they have and whatnot. But there's a lot that they deal with too. So it's not what it appears to be, but for what we're doing, we're not doing it for fame or fortune or anything like that. We're doing this because number, you know, number one, we want to get people saved and set free and healed and delivered. That's it's extremely important, and uh, that's the Great Commission, by the way. And secondly, you know, and we're told to go out and to cast out and to drive out. So that's what we're doing. We're going out. We're casting out. We're driving out in the name of Jesus. But then the other part, so all the criticism and everything, you know, the, the, and then the other part of it is that we're fighting for our country and our freedoms and our religious liberty and all that good stuff, which is extremely critical and all on the line right now, including our constitution, which by the way, the constitution was inspired by the word of God. Yes, it was. And, and in the Continental Congress, they were openly sharing their faith and scriptures and prayer. And there was the Aiken Bible, which was the first, first American Bible, and it was approved by Congress. Okay. So, um, you know, and, and, and Mr. Hagee, we, we absolutely respect Mr. Hagee and we thank you, you know, Mr. Hagee for allowing us to come to church. But, but what people have to understand though, is, is that this wasn't a, it's not a Christian event per se. I mean, there's a lot of Christians involved, but there's like, you know, lawyers and doctors and patriots and different things. And I get it. It's different and it's weird you know, it's not like, it's not like typical events. In other words, like for most of my Christian career, I guess it's a career, the calling, you know, it's more of a calling. I don't really like to call it a career, but you know, as a pastor, you know, operating and walking into the calling, uh, for the most part, I've spoke at Christian events and, and, you know, it's been all Christians and I totally get that. And that's, that's, you know, that's what we're used to. And, and I would never disrespect Mr. Hagee. I mean, we honor Mr. Hagee and personally, again, I can't control what anybody else says, but personally, I would never say something to dishonor Mr. Hagee, okay? Uh, But, you know, people have to understand, like, you know, some of these people, they're not pastors, they're not ministers. Some of them are barely Christian, uh, but they're fighting for our country in different capacities, and Christian pastors have been invited to come and to speak truth, and so we can either say yes and come and share the gospel and hope people get saved, or we can say no and bow out and then have no representation of Christ, and there's still gonna be a bunch of thousands of people that come together, but then there'll be no representation of Christ. So I don't know. You tell me. Now, of course, you know, do I uh, say things behind the scenes like you know, if I see something wrong, yeah, of course. I'm a very outspoken person, and I'll in a loving way maybe sh- share certain things and say, hey, maybe this isn't wisdom, or you know, you probably should avoid this, and and you know, and, and that's what mentoring and discipleship is. And that's why there are pastors and leaders and people like that involved so that we can have that kind of covering and spiritual discipleship and wisdom. Now, you know, are things going to happen sometimes that are foolish? Yes. Things are going to happen that are foolish because there's a lot of people involved. So I just think that, you know, we have to keep our eye on the mission and, you know, if, if there needs to be correction or something adjusted or things like that, yeah, like of course. Like, you know, that's what discipleship, discipleship and mentorship is. Like, you know, there was times in my life when I probably did foolish things when I was younger that some pastor in my life came over and said, hey, you know what, Todd, I love you. And I'm not saying this in, in trying to be critical of you or condemn you, but hey, son, you probably shouldn't say this. And here's why. It's just not wisdom and blah, 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 blah. And then they would tell me and I would be submitted to them as a believer and having elders and mentors and disciples, which I still do till this day. And, and again, if somebody came to me today and said the same thing, I would respond the same way as I do, you know? So the thing is like, you know, we'll, we'll always make the correction. Like if something wrong happened and yes, things that are wrong will happen. But what I'm trying to say is you have to understand the weaponized attacks of the media that are meant to divide the body of Christ for a specific reason, because we're being effective And we're taking back the territory and we're taking back the nation. And so they're sitting there with brilliant minds and psychological warfare campaigns to say, this is an area of weakness that we can sow division and discord within the body so that we can create weakness and try to divide these people. And then that's exactly, people who just bite it, hook, line and sinker and start attacking each other. So we have to be wiser and have discernment and say, no, this is a weaponized attack. So it's a a two-pronged strategy. Number one, if something wrong did take place, the elders, the leaders, the pastors need to make the correction in a loving way, probably behind the scenes, and just take that person aside and say, hey, you know what, I know your heart's in the right place, but you know this didn't come out. You know We have to avoid even the appearance of evil. So therefore, I would advise you as a Christian leader and somebody in your life who cares about you, probably not to do this again because it's, it's going to be used by the enemy. So you make the correction, yes, and that's happening. But at the same time, simultaneously, we have to understand with discernment, what the enemy's objective is because the enemy's objective is to divide us and sow discord and, and all types of grief and contention within the body of Christ because that keeps us distracted and, and, and fighting and infighting and then we're, we're not doing the work of the kingdom. And the enemy, just like God, see God cares about souls and the enemy cares about souls. The enemy cares about taking souls to hell. God t- cares about getting souls, you know, a- a to live eternally and rule and reign with him. You see what I'm saying? So so everything really comes down to souls. And so all this stuff that's happening, it comes down to souls. The enemy wants us distracted and infighting because he wants, you know, there to be no soul saved. God wants us to be focused on souls and about the Great Commission so that people can get saved, set free, healed, and delivered. And be set up for ultimate success and rule and reign eternally with Christ. So what is our objective? What is important to us as a Christian community? Do we sit here? We have to pick and choose our battles. I'm not saying we don't bring forth correction when it's, when it's, when it's due, but we do it in a loving manner and not publicly rebuking each other and going crazy like a bro to vipers. Okay, now, of course, I honor Dr. Ha- you know, Dr. Hagee and, uh, and we're going to do everything we can. You know, my, my small capacity, because I'm, I'm just a speaker and then I left. I don't even know what's going on half the time. But at my small capacity, of course, we're going to do everything that we can because we honor that man and I honor that man. So, you know, I understand the argument and and I have tremendous sympathy. But again, as I was saying in the beginning, from way back to the beginning stages of the ministry, I used to watch Dr. Hafer get friendly fire and it used to really grieve me and it still grieves me even today because there's a there's a love that we need to operate in. And there's a forgiveness that we need to operate in. There's a mercy. There's a grace and there's a, there's a way that we can approach this that where we're not getting offended, but where we're also at the same time fixing any issues and, and making, making it correct before the Lord because we don't want to condone things that are wrong, but at the same time, we don't want to eat our own. We don't want to eat our own either. Does that make sense? So it, there's a balance and um, we just got to make sure that we're not getting entrapped because the enemy, let me just explain one more time what the enemy's doing. We saw it with Donald Trump. We're seeing it now, okay, they, they, they sit there and these are weaponized. This is like a military operation. They're sitting there and they're looking and they're, they're combing through everything. Everything that I say, every video, anybody that's trying to stand for our country, they're combing through everything. Just trying to find one thing that they can say, aha, I gotcha. And then what they do is they put that out there through their platforms and they put it out on Twitter and they put it out all over the place. And then, and then what the problem is, is that then the Christians, we hook into it and we're like, yeah, that's wrong. You know, which it is. I mean, I get it. Like they found something. Oh my gosh. Like one thing out of like a million things that are good. You know, there's all these things that are good. And then they just, they find the one thing and then everybody's like pouncing on the person, you know, go to them with love, make the correction as a Christian community, come united, go follow the protocol according to the word of God and understand we're at war. And our enemy is looking for weaknesses. Our enemy is looking for weaknesses. Our enemy is looking like a roaring lion seeking to devour. Remember that scripture? Who, who is Satan? He's the accuser of the brethren. What is his main mission? To accuse. I've seen it the entire time I've been in the faith. Okay? And, and the whole thing about it is like, what's the option? Like, you just attack the person and then that's it. They become a, you know... I mean, this could be a soldier. It's a soldier that's fighting on our side, one of our best soldiers. And then they attack that person so much that we lose one of our best soldiers. What good does that do our side? Because then we just took down one of our best people. Okay, they made a mistake. I get it. But, you you know, we attack the soldier. And then meanwhile, the enemy continues to advance. The enemy continues to advance. Come on, right? I mean, just think about this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Just think about this whole thing. They're, the enemy's unified in, in the demonic, in evil, you know? So everybody, you know, everybody's got something to say. Let me tell you, everybody's got, but you know, you you gotta be, sometimes you gotta be in the, in the, in the perspective of the whole situation because it's really easy to make accusations when you're not in the situation. It's much harder when you are the target, when you are the person that they, they're targeting or you and, and the people that you know and you know more of the situation, it's really easy to say you got the answer, but you're not in the situation. You know. So you could sit on the sideline, you can make all the attacks, but you don't know the full story. You don't know the full situation, but you got a lot to say. And I get it. I'm not trying to attack you, but think about it, okay? Yeah, God's, God's separating the wheat from the chaff. Of course he is. But we are in a war. Our nation is at war. And the enemy is trying to take away our freedoms and our rights and our religious liberty and our right to assemble and our right to speak. And so think about it. What, what, do you want to attack the soldiers that are fighting or do you want to get in the battle yourself and stand for righteousness? Because once you do, once you get in the battle, if you get in it, let me tell you something. You'll understand. If you get in it and you're doing the same stuff You're going to look back because I remember, here's the thing. I remember a while back, I used to look at certain people and say, oh, why don't they just do this? Or why don't they just do that? I didn't have it from their perspective. Now that I'm in this position, I understand more why they, why they said and did the things that they do. So, all right, guys. Well, I've said my piece. God bless you. If you hate me, you don't have to follow me. If you appreciate me, I appreciate you back. If you hate me, I still love you, by the way. And uh, I'm not gonna not love you. You could always uh, hate me and I'll love you. How about that? That's the deal. Okay, love you guys, bless you. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon.